Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. I've, uh, anyone who knows me kind of well will know that I'm quite into new technology. Got a new phone this, this week, that was quite exciting. But there's one particular bit of new technology that some of you might have heard of, some of you might not have heard of, that has been really catching me, catching my eye the past a little while, and it's, um, it's called the internet. <laughs> I was, uh, was kind of had a laugh to myself. Rob and I were watching a movie a couple of weeks ago called The Manchurian Candidate. It's kind of a weird kind of conspiracy movie, conspiracy theory kind of film with Denzel Washington, and it was made in 2004. But there's this line in the movie which I really, really liked because uh, Denzel Washington's kind of putting together this kind of conspiracy theory and he goes online and he researches it and he presents his kind of argument to his like uh, military commander and he, the military commander goes, where did you get that? The internet? Wow. The, like, the last hangout of weirdos and losers. And he's like, if you got it, he basically was saying, if you got it from the internet, then you know it's not true. I'm thinking, how far has our world shifted? That was 2004. That was just 10 years ago, less than 10 years ago. And uh, now, you know, I can't really imagine kind of what life's like um, without being connected in some way to some massive data house that watches my every move. (laughs) But, you know, it's amazing the amount of stuff that you can learn. I'm a content junkie. I love being able just to get access to this. There's just so much stuff out there to learn. There's so much stuff just to kind of to teach yourself, to broaden your horizons. You know, I've got friends. I've got one friend in particular who taught himself to play the guitar in about three months purely from watching YouTube videos. I've got, and gen- genuinely, that's absolutely true. In about three months, he got to the point where he could play along with songs, he could play in a band purely just off the free YouTube videos. And you could take that a step further. I heard on the radio a little while back about uh, the Iraqi National Youth Orchestra, which is an orchestra put together by like um, teenagers and 20-somethings. And it's a full orchestra. And again, most of these guys have been self-taught off of like, YouTube videos and stuff like that. You've got like, cello players from these remote villages coming, all coming together to make a full orchestra. And uh, I was like, that's amazing. It's amazing how much stuff is out there to kind of get your hands on. And there's this thing called email, which just like, it like brings stuff to you. You can sign up, you can sign up to these things called like podcasts and they send you information and it just comes directly into this thing called an inbox. And it just, it's just, you know, imagine, imagine when those things were new. Imagine when those things didn't exist. You'd be like, yeah, whatever. Why would I need that? Why would I want electronic mail? I've got paper mail. Now I'm like, stop sending me paper mail. I don't need paper mail. I've got email. So uh, I'll give you an example of an email that, that I get um, kind of regularly coming through uh, for an update from, from someone that I follow. Um, I can ask the question, who, who here would, would like to learn another language? Who here would like to, maybe you already speak a couple, maybe we've got a few frustratingly bilingual people in the house. Don't like them very much. It's, yeah. <laughs> they make it too easy. But, you know, even people who are bilingual, you can always learn another language. You know, there's always one more to learn. And I reckon that a lot of us would like to learn another language. Well, I follow, I follow a guy called Benny. There's an Irish guy called Benny. Now, let me tell you about Benny, a little bit about Benny, because I, I really like his story. So Benny is 21, turning 22, and he graduates from a university in Ireland. Studies, he studied electronic engineering, and he decides to go and move to France for a little while. Doesn't speak any French, but he decides, screw it, I'm moving to France. 
So he moves to France, and he's a little bit worried because he studied Spanish at school and he failed. He's never, ever been good at languages. He's been actually chronically bad at language learning in school, ever, ever, all the way through. But he decides, you know what, I'm going to move to France. I'm going to see what I can do. And he moves to France, and within six months, he's found that he's able to converse fluently with people around him. And, and this, this kind of blows his mind. And he actually realizes that the way he's been taught for years and years and years is actually not a great way for him to learn. And he's kind of almost hacked his way into learning a language better, easier, faster, kind of harder, better, faster, stronger, like the Daft Punk song. And he gets, his, he gets, this, like, he gets this kind of little trick to, to learning languages. And now he just travels around the world. That's what he does. He travels around the world and he writes about the languages that he learns. He spends about three to six months in a new country, a new language, moves on somewhere else, learns another language. He currently speaks 10 or 11 languages fluently, like, like that's fluently, that's the point. He considers that 95% accuracy, no accent or very, very weak accent. So people wouldn't necessarily know where he was from. They wouldn't think, oh, that's an Irish person trying to speak German. They would think, <laughs> that's a German person with maybe a slightly strange accent. But uh, that's amazing. And so I get emails from Benny. He kind of sends emails about where he is, what he's learning. And I think that's amazing. And you know what? I would love to learn another language. And he seems to make it frustratingly easy. So I'm going to use that as a little bit of an intro. So my, my, my point for the message tonight is, you know, God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. That's a fundamental, that's a fundamental kind of foundation stone that this church stands on, that God has a plan for you and a plan for your life, not for you to be in lack, not for you to just to scrape by, but for you to be a conqueror, for you to be a victor, because that's, that's what the Bible says. Jesus said, I come to give you life and life in all fullness, life in abundance, life to the max. And that's what... what um, that's what we're here for, and, and that's something in which, as a church, we absolutely believe. But you know what? The truth is, there are actually there are lots of things in life that we want to attain, that we want to achieve, that they, you know, we want to kind of have as a trophy on the mantelpiece. But how much we really receive that, how much you are able to grab hold of that, how much you are able to realize that, will depend on how much you're willing to learn, how teachable you are, to get to that next step. And that's what I want to focus on tonight. I want to focus on how teachable are we? How teachable are we to grow? How teachable are we to learn more of what God has for us? You know, we've just heard anyone, if you haven't been in church the past couple of weeks, I really recommend you get the messages on iTunes or go on our website and get them directly off the website. We've just had some phenomenal, phenomenal messages the past couple of weeks. Kevin shared a message last Sunday evening which really grabbed me. It's just caught me so much on hope and how it's so important that we hope. It's so important that we have dreams. If you're someone, if you feel like your dreams have gone gone a bit off askew, you don't really feel like you're, you're kind of living for anything anymore, I encourage you, stir up that stuff you're passionate about, that stuff that really gets you going on the inside, the stuff that you want to get out of bed for, get the dreams going because it's so, so important. Kevin shared an amazing message on that last week. And then the message this morning, again, I'll just blow Kevin's trumpet the whole way because it's just amazing, was about how good it is to, like, how good it is that we're not, we don't need to be qualified. Often, you know, if you have a dream, if you have a dream or, or, or something that you just really feel like God's calling you to or something that you really want to achieve with your life, and you're like, man, that's just so far beyond what I can do. That's so far beyond where I'm at. That's so far beyond the level that I can reach. But you know what? The message this morning, Kevin's just talking about how much about it. It's not about what we are qualified to do. If God asks you to do it, he will lift you up and make a way for you to do that. And I want to just carry on this, this idea tonight because I think it just goes hand in hand that there's, this, there's a next step. We can't just hope. 
can't just hope for everything forever. That 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 that's that's it's passive and it, and it's it's weak and it, it doesn't go anywhere. You know, I I could hope. I could hope to win the lottery for the rest of my life and, and it's not, it's not going to make me a better person. I could hope to become a, a pastor. I could hope to become a successful sports athlete. I could hope to become this or that. I could hope to become lots of things and hoping on its own doesn't really do anything. There needs to be some sort of traction where, where you're hoping is where you're aiming and there needs to be something where you actually hit the road and start moving. And that's, that's what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about being teachable. Oh, I had chewing gum there, and it got to that point where it's kind of getting mushed up in my mouth. You know, oh, it doesn't really hold together. It's like chewing cardboard. Swallow it. It's all gone. It's all gone. It's fine. It'll come out later. <laughs> you know what? There is there is a learning curve. There is a learning curve with anything in life. There's a learning curve with anything that you want to reach, anything that you want to step up to. And that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. And so really I want to talk tonight about just how we make sure that we keep our hearts teachable. How we make sure that we keep moving in the right direction. You know, the Bible has lots to say about learning. It's got lots to say about education and about wisdom. And, uh, you know, there's some really amazing verses in that. If you ever read Proverbs, Proverbs is just full of it. Proverbs is just full of so much really, really cool, awesome wisdom. There's... um, if we could pull up uh, Proverbs 9, verse 9 on the screen. I'll, I'll read out another one first while that one's going up on, on, the, on the screen. Proverbs 1, verse 5 says, Let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance. You know, and then Proverbs 9, verse 9 says, Instruct the wise and they will be even wiser. It kind of sounds pretty similar, doesn't it? Instruct the wise and they'll be even wiser. Teach the righteous and they will learn even more. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. Wisdom will multiply your days and add years to your life. You know what? It's good to be wise. It's good to get, to get knowledge and learning on the inside. And it's good to kind of keep that as a heart attitude. And the Bible goes over again and again to talk about how important it is that we, that we learn, that we chase after and, and try and get get teachable on the inside so when I think about learning especially kind of October time September October can't help but think about students coming back to university or maybe starting university for the first time um, who, who started uni for the first time this year can you give me a little wave just a little one that's a big wave you're really uh, just just okay just one or two maybe just a couple I you know I was thinking about this it's been eight years since I started university that's crazy seems like a very long time ago it is a long time ago but you know what now eight years on kind of look out at you know some of the fresh faces you see you see him walking down union street thinking where the heck am i (laughs) what have i signed up to for the next four years why is everything gray (laughs) you know you look at those big kind of doe eyes and those kind of big fresh faces so so blissfully unaware (laughs) and um but there's this eagerness, there's this excitement to learn, there's this kind of like, there's this, I'm ready, come on, yeah, books, textbooks, woo, I'm going to learn stuff. And you know, when you're a student, or when you're kind of that age, when you're kind of early 20s, you just take on all sorts of information, just willing to learn everything. You'll just learn and learn and learn. You know, um, not just about your academic subjects, it's not just about learning about 
you know, whatever you, ch you chose to study at university. But, you know, you learn about yourself, you learn about your identity, you learn about your passions, your dreams, your desires. You learn a little bit of common sense, and you also learn stupid stuff as well. And um, I was thinking about some of the stupid stuff that I learned in my years at university. Here is something which I genuinely, I learned that it is possible to cook soup on a George Foreman grill. <laughs> Genuinely, cook soup on a George Foreman grill. You can ask me about that afterwards if you don't believe me. Um, it's possible. I also learned about myself that for me, my creative genius, that kind of spark where my juices are just going, is around about three o'clock in the morning and stops about quarter past three in the morning. And uh, I've, got like, I've got this brief window where everything falls into place and then it's all gone and uh, it's downhill from there. But you know what, the learning, it doesn't matter if you went to uni or college or school or didn't even go to school, whatever, you know what, the learning doesn't stop when we leave school. The learning doesn't stop when you leave college or when you leave university. I didn't walk out of university, uh, I studied at Aberdeen, I didn't walk out of Aberdeen University and go, right, that's it, I've done my four years, I've learned all there is to learn, I can stop learning, I'm done with the learning, I'm full, my head is full, I'm full of learning, I... I've, I'm certifiably full of knowledge. I've got, a, I've got a little piece of paper that shows how full of knowledge I am. That's mental and that's stupid. And if you think that, then you need a slap around the head. I don't think that. and I, that, So don't give me a slap around the head. But you know what? Life is about learning, continuing to learn. It's about learning how to get onwards, upwards, the next step. And it's not about just, uh, just getting to one point and then just cruising for the rest of, for the, rest of the way because God has bigger and better stuff in store. And we need, to grow, we need to learn, we need to grow in order to be able to take that stuff on. So uh, it's, it's really good. So the, the title for my message today is Get Schooled. That's the, that's the title for my message. So I, I want you to cast your minds back to school. Kevin was talking a little bit about school this morning. I think his experience of school was very different to my experience of school. I wasn't the kid that forgot their homework. I was more of the kind of goody two-shoes for a while. And then I realized that teachers weren't really that, that knowledgeable, and I decided that I would just kind of just do my own thing instead. But I want you to think back, you know, for some of you, for some of you thinking back to school might be thinking back a few days. For some of you, it might be thinking back a few months. And for some of you you might have to you know, dust off the cobwebs of that old memory and kind of go, kind of go way back into the attic, try and find a box with school written all over it and uh, you know, dig out some fond memories from way back when. You know, for different, you know, some, of us are, some of us are still kind of going through it. But I want to talk to you about two characters from the Bible today and I want to put them into the context of school. And I want to put them into the context of the classroom and, uh, and, and see what there is to, to learn about that. So I want us to turn, if you would, in your Bible... Uh, or your smartphone, turn to Matthew chapter 19, and we're going to start reading at verse 16. So this is a, this is a story of, sometimes called the rich young ruler, or the rich man, which is about a young guy who comes to Jesus and asks about what he can do to make sure he's got eternal life. What can he do to make sure that he lives forever? What to make, and, um, and Jesus' response is, is, is killer. So we're starting reading at verse 16. So someone came to Jesus with this question, teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Jesus replies, why ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there's only one who's good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, 
Keep the commandments. Which ones? The man asked. Jesus replied, You must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother, love your neighbor as yourself. You're done. You're good. The guy, the guy replies, But I've obeyed all these commandments. What else must I do? Jesus told him, If you want to be perfect, go sell all your possessions, give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. In verse 22, when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had uh, many possessions. So he's a rich guy, he didn't want to give it all up. So, uh, so we're talking about the classroom, we're talking about going back to school. And I want to introduce you here to the teacher's pet. This is who we've got. We've got a teacher's pet. This kid is top of the class, and he knows it. I don't know if you had any one of them in your class at school. Maybe that was you. Disgusting. <laughs> No names. I love how I can be up on stage, Jamie, and you're still the one getting heckled. <laughs> Sorry, let me open my tiny water bottle. Maybe, um, maybe you can think of this—the guy, you know, the, the kid at school who asked the teacher for harder math homework, not because they want to learn the harder math homework, but just because they want to show off how smart they are, how much they know. The teacher's pet doesn't tend to make many friends. <laughs> Poor Jamie. Is that why you brought me an apple before the service? <laughs> just joshing, just joshing. But we've got here, we've got this guy, we've got this guy who comes to Jesus and asks him this question, um, and on the, on, the, on the face of it, it's a, it's a sensible question, it's, it's, an, it's a reasonable question, what do you have to do to attain eternal life? This guy, this, this Jesus that this man had heard of, he was, being, he was being held up in such high regard as someone who would be able to answer these big questions, these important life-changing questions, so the guy went to him, that's fine, fair enough, and I, I used to feel sorry for this guy, I think he got the wrong end of the stick for, you know, for, for what he was doing, because you know, he was just trying the best as far as he knew how. You know, he was just asking what seemed like the right questions as far as he knew. Maybe he was just a little bit misguided. You know, he was just off a little bit. And, you know, he just needed to come back in line with what Jesus was teaching. But actually, looking at it, he was just a teacher's pet. He was just, he didn't, he didn't come to Jesus looking to learn from Jesus. He didn't come with a teachable heart. He came purely to, so Jesus could validate how smart he was. He came to Jesus, just so Jesus could give him a pat on the back and say, oh wow, you're, you're doing a great job. Yeah, fantastic. Not, 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 so that, not so that he could actually get answers, but so that he could be, have his ego kind of massaged a little bit. So we do not want to be like this guy. This is, a, this is our example of who not to be like. You know, it can be easy for us to sometimes slip into that place where we think we know. We think we know what we're doing and we're like, God, do you want to just give me a pat on the back? Because I think I'm doing pretty good here. I think I'm moving in the right direction. I think this is pretty much the, the way I'm supposed to be going. I'll give you some kind of uh, stereotypical, exaggerated examples. Oh God, I, I really want to be a pastor. I really, I, I just want to serve in your church. You know, that's, that's, that's my heart. That's my goal. That's my passion. That's what I want to do. So God replies, okay, great. Awesome. There are chairs needing set out downstairs. Why don't you go set out the chairs? And after that, there's a few toilets that need cleaned as well. Ooh. Uh, 
Sorry, I, I don't really do that, gods. That's, uh, I don't feel that's my calling. Calling? Call, you have to say it like that. Calling? I don't feel that's my calling. You know, can you just, can you just make me a pastor already? Can you just make me, uh, you know, maybe, not necessarily a senior pastor, just like, you know, vice senior pastor. <laughs> or what about, oh God, you know, I'll, I'll do anything. I'll do anything, God. I'll go anywhere. You know, you want me, you want me building orphanages in Syria, then I'm there. You want me working with drug cartels in Mexico, then I'm there. You know, you just tell me, God, and I'll be there. You know, I'll be on the next plane out. You just tell me what to do. Okay, great. Why don't you speak to your flatmate and tell him how much I love him? Because I think he really needs to hear that just now. I'm not really sure about that, God. I, uh, that's, not, that's not how I witness. That's not... That's, I, 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 like, I like to live... I like to live out my, my love for you. Not, not, not talk about it. I don't feel that's really me. I'm, I'm using stupid examples to exaggerate a point, but, but there, is, there is something in that where we, go, we can go to God looking to dictate the terms of how we get our stratospheric rise to the Nobel Prize. You know, If that's you, if that's how, if that's how you're going to God and, and expecting a particular outcome, then you need to reassess the situation because that's, that's, not, that's not what's going to work. We need to keep teachable. We need to get ourselves in a place where we know that God is there to help us. God is there to take us on, to move us forward. And that what he suggests is probably a good place to start. So that was our teacher's pet, the rich young ruler. Not really a great guy. I was going to say something rude there, but I kept my helmet tongue. I'm learning. So we've got our second character. We've got our second person in our classroom scenario. And uh, Cheryl actually shared a, an amazing message about this guy just a couple of weeks ago called Gideon. I talk about Gideon all the time because I really love the example of Gideon in the Bible. Gideon was a guy back in the Old Testament. He was a judge. He was raised up to kind of lead the people of Israel back to, back to God. They'd kind of gone off and gone their own way. And, and Gideon came along to come back. So we, if we just, uh, Judges 6, uh, this is kind of where we first meet Gideon at Judges chapter 6. We read from verse 14 and 15. We'll just read these two verses. There's, so basically, uh, Gideon's this little kid. He's maybe in his teenage years, I guess. He's uh, hiding from the Midianites who oppressed the Israelites. And he's hiding. He's threshing wheat, which is where you separate the wheat from the chaff. So you've got the good stuff to make bread and grain and stuff like that. And you do that by beating it with a stick so that the, the chaff floats up in the air and the wind catches it and carries it away. There's a bit of farming tech for you there from the, uh, the old um, BC years. But he was doing it. He was doing it in a wine press, which is below ground. And there's not much wind below ground in a wine press where it's completely sheltered. But he was doing it in a wine press so that the Midianites couldn't spot him. He was just, you know, he's, he's having a rough time of it. And this is where we meet Gideon. And uh, an angel shows up and appears to him. And in verse 14, he says that the Lord, this is the angel of the Lord, turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. And then verse 15, Gideon's reply, the Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh and I am the least in my entire family. So we've had a teacher's pet. I'm now going to introduce you to 
I'm going to call him the thick kid. <laughs> which is maybe not the most politically correct. But, but to be honest, Gideon is not much to look at when we first meet him. He's, uh, he's performing a pointless task, or he's performing a, an important task pointlessly because he's doing it the wrong way because he's afraid that his, uh, his food is going to be stolen by the Midianites. And he, he says, my family is the weakest in the tribe and I'm the weakest in the family, which if you want to put it in our kind of classroom, classroom analogy, it's like I'm, the bottom, I'm in the bottom class for everything. I'm the lowest in the bottom class. You know, like there's, there's, the, there's the, the remedial class and I'm right at the bottom of that. So I don't really know what I'm going to be able to do. And, but this is what God says to him. God says, go with the strength you have. seems a bit of a contradiction but that's why I love Gideon's story I love Gideon's story so much because it shows a clear progression from the A to the B from what can happen when somebody who doesn't know much goes to a place where they allow themselves to be taught by God they walk with God they learn with God and they get to a place where they walk in victory they see that which they never thought possible and they and they do that all because they allow themselves to remain teachable they allow themselves to keep humble on the inside and learn what it was that God had to had to um, had to teach them Gideon was not qualified you know we talked about that Kevin talked about that this morning and God still called him Call, called him and said go in the strength you have not in the strength you might have not in the strength you'll have in a couple of years go in the strength that you have right now step up Gideon step up so what does Gideon do? Well, he just does what he he does the best that he knows to do. He makes an offering and then he just takes it step by step. God tells him to do something, and he's like, I don't know if I can do that. So he tests God. He he he, he performs a test. Look, God, if this is really what you're asking me to do, then then just 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 prove it to me. Just make sure that's right. And God does that. And so Gideon learns slowly but surely. He he starts to walk and starts to starts to understand that he can trust God. Starts to understand that that he can rely on God, and in more than that, that he needs to rely on God because what God had in store for him was an amazing, amazing task. And Gideon went on. If you don't know the story, Gideon went on to lead the Israelite army into victory against the Midianites. The Midianites were said to be uncountable. The number that they were there, they were so vast. The, the, the army of the Midianites. And yet Gideon had an army of 300 and annihilated the Midianite army, caused such confusion that they didn't know what they were doing and the Midianites started killing each other. And, and, and Gideon's response to learn to walk with God is so amazing to show what can happen when the thick kid starts to apply himself, starts to get a bit of God in the inside, starts to get a bit, of, a bit more... Uh, understanding starts to walk step by step. You know, this wasn't an overnight thing, but you see it and you see it start to finish. And you know what? He's not the only one. He's not the only example in the Bible. If you go through the Bible, cover to cover, you'll find countless examples of men and women who were not qualified. They were bottom class material, and yet they step up and they learn to walk with God. Take David, for example. I love, again, David, classic hero from the Bible. David was the rejected son who was sent off into the field to look after the sheep. He'd be gone for, for days and days at a time looking after the sheep and, and he's brought back into the family 
when the prophet comes to town, he's anointed with oil, so he's actually blessed and set apart. And, and the prophet says, look, David, you are going to be king. And what happens the next day? David gets up and he has to go back out into the field and back out to looking after sheep. David didn't just wake up a remarkable warrior. He was, but that happened over time. He didn't just go to sleep one night and wake up like some Jewish ninja that could just like, I mean, they sang songs about him. They sang songs about how amazing he was in battle, but that was a gradual process where he learned to walk with God. It actually says, you know, David puts it forward when he's speaking to King Saul before he goes to kill Goliath. He says, look, you, you, it's okay, you can trust me. I've learned how to fight. I learned to fight the bear and I learned to fight the lion and I took them down. I'm going to take this guy down as well. He was walking step by step with God as God showed him how to take care of a bear, then how to take care of a lion and then how to take care of a giant. And after that, he, he just, he went from strength to strength as he walked with God. He kept himself humble, kept his heart teachable and he went on to have just so many victories and victories and victories in battle. This is the shepherd boy. The boy without tending sheep, the reject son, the one that his dad didn't even think of when he heard that one of his sons was going to become king. So what's my point? What's the point in telling about these, about these guys? What's the point in, in, um, in explaining all of this? You know, you have a God who wants you to succeed. You have a God who wants you to go on to bigger and better things, to live in more and not live in less, because that's what a good father is, is like, and that's what our God is. Our God is a good father. He cheers you on like the excited dad at sports day. Dad, shut up, come on. Other kids are watching. But he is just your number one biggest fan and he is singing you on from the, from the sideline. He's so proud of his kids. And you know what? But that's, doesn't, that doesn't mean that we just sit back and live this kind of passive, just uh, kind of just, just veggie, like comatose life. Actually, our, this life is an adventure where we get to step up and walk with God as he starts to teach us and he starts to show us how we can go from step to step and place to place. You've got to have hopes and dreams. You've got to have that stuff on the inside that, that you just lose sleep over. I, I really encourage you if, you, if you don't have that, start praying into it. Start spending time with God and just seeing what, 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 what will be a life worth living? What does that look like? You've got to get that on the inside. I really, really challenge you to do that. But secondly, you've got to know that it's possible. And I'm just following through the message that we've heard the past couple of weeks. God says you've got, to ha- uh, you've got to have hope. And we heard Kevin this morning say, it doesn't matter if you don't feel like you're qualified. If, if it's there, and if I'm calling you, if I'm at your side, I'll make sure you can do it. But the next step, third step, to make it happen is we've got to make sure that we allow God to teach us. And you know what? We can get stubborn. I get so stubborn. I have to continually just remind myself, Neil, you are not the be all and end all. You don't know the right way of doing it. God is just like so, just so there ready to teach us, to take us on to the next step. We have to be willing to actually receive it. We have to have the heart just to hear what it is that God's teaching us. You know, you've got to chew on it. You've got to digest it. And then, you, like food, you've got to turn it into muscle that actually works, actually does something. Food which isn't used just passes straight out of you. It's no good to you whatsoever. You have to actually turn it into something actionable. 
it's amazing to come to this church and hear fantastic message week after week and I, I love it and it inspires me and it grows me and it challenges me but if it doesn't become muscle in my life it is worthless and I challenge you on that if you do not walk out of this of this church today just with a muscle with something that to actually go out and do then come on we need to get behind that we need to get some of that on the inside because we are called for more that's what this series is about. We're called for more than this. We, we live for a God who believes in the best for us. We're not called here to be defeated, but we're called to be conquerors, victors. In the same way that Gideon went from being the scared kid to being this victor over the whole Midianite army, we are called to come from this place where we are, we are living in, in and we don't know what we're doing, to walk with God to that place where we see our dreams, where we see our passion, where we see our, our goal come to light. And I really encourage you guys to get that on the inside. If there are dreams in your heart, if there's stuff that you, if you know what it is that God's called you to, if you know what it is on the inside, then start mapping out what's, the, what's in the gap. What is it that God's teaching me to take me from one step to the other step? If, if you know, my, my stupid example earlier about wanting to be a pastor, are there chairs that God wants you to set out? Are there toilets that God wants you to clean? Are there the little steps that are going to lead you to the big steps that you've been ignoring because you don't feel like that's really for you? But actually, that's what God's calling you to, the next step, the next step, the next step, because there's more in store. There's so much more in store that we've got. You know what, just just I close... I, I think, you know, truthfully, I'm sure most of us would love to learn another language. You know, I, I talked about that at the beginning. Like Benny, if we really want it, there's nothing, if you really want it, there's nothing stopping you from doing that. There isn't. If you want to learn Urdu, if you want to learn Farsi, if you want to learn French or German, all of that stuff is available. You just have to go out and do it. There's nothing stopping you. Just just that taking that step, actually taking that, that, that step forward and actually starting to walk, taking those baby steps and then starting to understand how you can move forward. That, that's what it's all about. God has the best in store. I really want you guys to walk away with this tonight. I really want you to know that, that our, our God, he loves you so much and he has the best in store for you. The reason why we learn to do life with God, the reason why we meet here every Sunday and tell, tell people that it's, it is a life worth living because God has the best in store. That we get to walk in relationship with him. We get to walk hand in hand and when we make mistakes, he's there and he catches us and he says, you know what, come on, get up keep learning let's keep moving let's keep doing this together you know david there's amazing uh, amazing verse in one of the psalms i can't remember off the top of my head which psalm it is but it was one which i loved when i was a kid and and david says he's speaking to god he says you train my hands for war you make my arms to bend a bow of bronze and he's just talking about, you know, how God is there with him in every single step of the way. That he actually trains his hands. He gets fast for fighting and God's there in that with him. He gives him the strength to keep going, the strength to take on that next step and that next step. And that's where we need to get, we need to get that tenacity on the inside. You know what, it's really, it's really hard, I think, in our culture today. We just get this kind of the ready meal mentality. We want to pierce it with a fork, put it in the microwave and that's it. And that's garbage. It's so, much, it's so much more important that we take the steps to actually put a good meal together. How much more do you benefit out of that? Students, I'm telling you, you benefit so much more out of that. But you know what? The things that are worth it, take that effort, take that bit of learning, 
buy a cookbook, it's really easy. You know what? That's, that's a great example because it's all about learning. It's that step, baby steps. You're not going to cook a roast dinner in your first attempt, but you'll be able to cook beans on toast and you'll be able to move on from something, something else to something else. And it's not going to be the best food in the world, but if you keep at it, you keep at it, and you keep at it, you know, who knows where you'll be. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.junctionchurch.com. God bless.